YouTube live audience and social media platforms. Of course, you know who I am. I am Dr. Larry, a senior pastor here, a senior pastor in Palmer Faith Kingdom Center for Ambassadors. And I'm excited to be able to share our assistant pastor ministry with you, the teaching ministry she has on her. Uh, Dr. Nay will be ministering this morning. I want you to go to that uh, left upper left-hand corner, hit the like bell, subscribe to our channel. Also hit the like button. Hit the like button. We appreciate you doing that. I was just mentioning earlier this morning how in FEM 4 and 11, translated by colonizers, colonizers to Ephesians 4, 11, Yeshua himself gave some to be pastors, teachers, prophets, emissaries, um, uh, come from the Hebrew word malak, to equip and perfect the saints for the work of their ministry. All leadership team and elders and pastors and teachers have been equipped with the equipment necessary to enhance the gifts in you so you can do the work of your ministry. So we appreciate you so much and we're going to receive it now. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and pray. Torah Elohim, we just give you praise for all that you are. We thank you for your word on today. We thank you for allowing me to minister according to the ability that you have given me not to fall short, not to go beyond it, but you being glorified in all things. And we thank you for how you will continually deal with our hearts. Thank you for how you will continually deal with our minds and cause us to change and cause us to grab a hold to that in which you have just for us. In the authority of Yeshua and everybody in agreement, say amen. Okay, so I want to get back into a conversation that I had with you. Some of you heard it, some of you did not. Uh, but we're talking about the dangers of a contaminated belief system and how we need to detox our belief system. Somebody say detox. We have to make a decision. And so the first message that Yeshua taught was actually to detox our belief system. Detox our belief system. We must change the way that we think. So in Matthew, four and 17 it says from that time Yeshua began to proclaim and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent in other words I have to change something so when I was growing up I thought uh, repenting was basically okay you do something bad and then uh, you go say are you sorry and then you might do that thing again and again and again, and about 20 more gains or 100, something like that. But actually, when dealing with this word repent, the Hebrew word says it best, which is that Hebrew word shub. And shub is spelled shin vav yet. And if you're not familiar with the Hebrew Olivet, Dr. Larry has a very profound book that is essential for everybody's library. If you don't have one, I definitely encourage you to get that particular book, Kingdom Keys of Revelation. So back to what I was saying, Shub, you have Shin reading from right to left, Shin, Vav, and then Bayet. So Shin is telling me that something needs to be consumed. And then Vav, which is that middle, which is something that has been established or connected and then but yet means what's on the inside. So when I look at the entire word, it's telling me that something that 
is on the inside of me, it needs to be consumed and totally destroyed. This thing that was established on the inside of me, it has to be destroyed. In other words, when I truly repent, there's no way I can go back to that thing. There's no evidence of it. It's totally destroyed. And that desire on the inside of me has been changed. So this is what Yeshua was saying. He said, hey, the, another governor is here. You got to change the way you think. And so we were talking about detox and how spiritually that there are inflammation, inflammation and blockages that we need to deal with. Somebody say spiritually. So when we're dealing with um, inflammation, we know that there are two types of inflammation. And this is just a review, so I'll be moving a little fast on this part. Uh, acute and chronic. So acute, it, just, it may last a few days or a few weeks, but chronic inflammation, it continues on for months or for years. So what does that have to do with us? Well, when we're dealing with the spiritual realm, there are some things that have chronically have been in the realm of the spirit. I'm not talking about your born again spirit. I'm talking about your soul, which includes your mind, your will, and emotions. So there are some chronic things that have been there, kind of like residue. And as a matter of fact, these are strongholds that need to be dealt with. Chronic spiritual inflammation. So here's the question, and you can go to note seven. It says, what about chronic spiritual inflammation? An example of this is in Bayet Timothy 3, 5. An example of this is, when you hear the word and refuse to accept it as being true, and then the fruit never manifests in that person's life. So there's a spiritual inflammation that has taken place. So let's look at, but yet, Timotheus, let's look at that scripture, note nine. But know this, that in the last days, grievous times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, fierce, not lovers of good, traitors, headstrong, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of Elohim. Man, isn't that, that's what we're in right now, right? There's a spiritual problem. If, it, if you have not been born again, there's a spiritual problem. If you have been born again and there are um, things that are blocking you from moving forward, there's a chronic spiritual inflammation that needs to take place. Everything that you needed when you were first born again was on the inside of you. But that soul part, it has to be worked out. That's why the scripture says that let us work out our soul salvation. Right? Okay, so Dr. Larry mentioned earlier in note eight how there are six stages of conformity. You know, when we first heard about the six stages of conformity, I was like, man, that's that's something. It kind of like stopped me in my tracks. Um, because first I have to look at the precept. The precept, this is note eight. The precept is the original thought that comes from an idea. The precept. And then that concept 
when that uh, precept is conceived, then you'll have that concept. And so that's the original idea that has been formed or perceived as being true. So when that seed goes forth, I am birthed or I get pregnant with something. Somebody say, I'm pregnant with something. I'm either pregnant with the things of Elohim or I'm pregnant with my own ideas. I'm pregnant with the enemy's ideas. I'm, I'm pregnant with something, but the question is, what am I pregnant with? Somebody's like, look, I'm pregnant for real, and I'm ready to have this baby. <laughs> I was just looking at somebody. I'm like, I'm pregnant. Okay, so we're pregnant with something, and so dealing with these six stages of conformity, in order for me to be able to move forward like the Father wants me to move, I've got to get pregnant with his ideas. That's why Yeshua said, nevertheless, not my will, but what? His will be done. So when we're looking at the six stages of conformity, many times people have this idea of what they think the Father wants, and so they try to do it in themselves, but I have to get pregnant with his ideas. I have to... Uh, uproot the things that I think are correct or whatever. I have to get rid of that and receive and get pregnant with his thoughts. So we have the precept, the concept, the conviction, the belief system, and then we also have the ideology and then the philosophy, which is your lifestyle. Now watch this. So Many people, this is what the father showed me a long time ago. He said, so what you are trying to do, you're requiring people who are not even saved to have a particular type of lifestyle, and they don't even have my belief system on the inside of you. He said, stop that. Just like that. I don't know how he deal with you. Some say he is a quiet, still voice. Nope, he talked to me just like this. I can hear him real good. <laughs> it's not always this, quiet. no, he's like, nope, stop that. Do not deal with them as if they know what to do because if my concepts and my precepts are not downloaded on the inside of them, this is why their lifestyle is demonstrating what it's demonstrating. Somebody say chronic. Chronic spiritual inflammation. Go to note 10 for me, if you will. So in note 10, it's in verse 5, it says, holding a form of godliness, but having denied its power. The word Elohim says, turn away from these. In other words, don't play with it. Don't expect them to be something that they're not. Having a form of godliness, in other words, I look like I know him. I talk, I may even quote scripture. But the evidence will be the fruit that the tree bears. All right, so in verse 6, it says, For some of these people who creep into houses and take captive gullible women loaded down with what? Sins led away by various lusts, always what? Learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Man, that's heavy. So in other words, I'm always hearing, hearing, hearing. I got to go get a word. I got to get a word. I got to get a word. Oh, I'm going to get it. Oh, that word was good. You heard that word? Man, that word was good. 
that word was good. And then trials come to test that word, and then we fall down and we get up. What? No, the word says that he is able to keep you from falling and to prevent, I mean, and to present you blameless. He's able to do it. So I have to get in my mind that this religious stuff and all these cliches, it, it's gotten me nowhere. It sounds good. And I said, um, you know, Father, when I minister, allow me to just settle down because my job is never to inspire. I don't want to ever inspire you. I want to impart into you because inspiration, it fades away. Inspir people are inspired daily, but will it cause change? Impartation is what we need. Impart I'm talking about a divine impartation is what we need so that we can produce what the Father wants. Amen. Why y'all looking at me? Okay, so look at uh, note number 11. So here, here are some questions that we want to ask. What causes inflammation or blockages in your soul? Remember I said that your, your spirit man is fine. It's your soul, your mind, your will and emotion. That's what has to be pruned, developed, and taken care of. So here's the other question. So this resurrection power that we hear about, especially around this time of the year, we hear about, oh, we're going to have Resurrection Sunday. Stop. What, what Resurrection Sunday? What, what you talking about? So why haven't the same resurrection power of the Father resurrected the dead areas of my life? So this power that's on the inside of me is the same power that Elohim used to raise Yeshua from the dead. That same power is on the inside of me if I am a believer. That same power, that same power that resurrected Lazarus from the dead is on the inside of me. So if I can't deal with this thing that we call life, then I need to find out what's going on. So the reason, one of the reasons why is because I have resurrected, resurrected my thoughts above the thoughts of Elohim. What I think is true. I haven't really understood the value of his word. I really don't understand his precepts because if I knew his precepts and I understood it, then I would be changed. Okay, so somebody said there's a blockage somewhere. There's a blockage somewhere. We had a conversation um, as we were coming this morning talking about cholesterol, note number 14. So cholesterol, as we've discovered, we always hear the bad part of cholesterol. But here you see that there's a picture of a heart. And I'm not a doctor, a medical doctor, as y'all already know. But um, I am, but I'm not, but I am. OK, so disclaimer. So here we've seen that there's a blockage, and there's a, a problem here because this plaque has hardened. This plaque has hardened. So cholesterol is supposed to protect vessels in the body. But when it's abused, and we abuse our body and eat whatever we want, and then we uh, bless our food and ask the Father to bless this mess, 
bless this stuff I'm getting ready to kill myself with. My first book that I'm writing is called Dietary Suicide. It hurts you and it hurts me. Anybody ready for that? Okay, so anyway, these blockages, they'll eventually lead to heart attacks and strokes. So this, this is a review for some, but we have to, in order for us to get something different in our lives, we're gonna have to do something differently first in the spirit. First in the spirit, and then when I deal with it in the spiritual realm, that mind will begin to be renewed. That mind will begin to be changed. Because many people, they try to go on diets and they fail. What does this have to do with what I'm talking about? Everything. Because he's not the, the God, as we say, of this part of my spiritual life, and then I do whatever I want in, the natural, in my natural life. Yeah, that's what religion teaches. You know, yeah, he, oh, you got to die from something. Ha, ha, ha. The joke is on you because it's really not funny. So heart disease, watch this, in, in one day, somebody say one day, roughly 2,541 people will die from the number one killer, which is heart disease. Man, that, that blew me away. I'm just saying one in every, one person dies every 34 seconds in the United States, we have a problem. And if you have a massive problem in the physical, can you imagine what that spiritual problem looks like? Because we've been bamboozled with religion and the sweet by and by. But no, the Father, he really wants you uh, above all to be what? prosper and be in good health even as my soul prospers, my mind, my will, and my emotion. He don't just want you to be spiritual and you about to roll over and I'm out of breath. I, you know, I'm just, okay, yeah. He, he want us to get it together, for real, for real. All the way. So this is what Yeshua, he was dealing with. He was dealing with the spiritual because that physical manifestation was a demonstration of what had already happened in the spirit. He's like, they messed up. This is messed up. But there is an answer. Somebody say there's an answer. And so Yeshua, he began to deal with the conditions of the heart. And I'm not going to go into details about the conditions of the heart. But in note 21, it talks about the various, uh, the various conditions of the heart. One, which was the wayside, hears the word and don't understand it. Two, rocky places, hear the word, receives it, with, receives it with joy, but has no root. That was a good word, man. That was, man, that was good. That was good, giving everybody fist bumps and everything. And then when the enemy comes to test that word, then we want to blame the father for what he didn't even do. He said, people are so busy running their own lives, doing their own thing, asking me to bless what I don't even have charge over. Just doing whatever, just bless it, bless it. Just, okay, no. Number three, here's the word, but the cares of this world chokes the word out and bears no fruit. 
So the father, the father definitely is in the multiplication business. Everybody say multiplication. Every time, because um, it's amazing how, you know, we love to farm, we love the fish, but truly the master fisherman is Elohim. The, the master farmer, he said, and him, okay, take it up with him. But uh, the master fisherman is Elohim. Some say God, we say Elohim because we know what that means. We're talking about specifically him. All right, so yeah, so the master fisherman is him, the master gardener is him. So when the seed of the word gets planted in your heart, I need to make sure that it's cultivated and the environment is conducive and it's ready to receive that word. I can't take this word for granted like, oh man, that was a good word. What, what is the condition of my heart? Am I able to receive this word with the intent of doing what he wants me to do versus what I want to do? Somebody say, nevertheless, not my will, but his will be done. So on note 23, it tells us how we need to deliberately, somebody say deliberately, deliberately eliminate toxins out all the way out of our lives. See, there's the shoe that we were talking about. Totally eliminate what's destroying me. Okay, so go to note 26 for me. In Numbers, what the Hebrew word is, the midbar, number 17, we were talking about Aaron and how he really blessed us with something that had happened that was supernatural, supernatural. So in Numbers 17, I'm going to begin at 1. It says, and Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, speak to the children of Israel and take from them a rod from each father's house, all their leaders according to their father's house. Whose house? Whose house? The mother's house. Stop talking back. The mother's house. No, the father's house. The source. The blueprint. The pattern. We don't want to overlook that. Let me read that again. Speak to the children of Israel and take from them a rod from each father's house all their leaders according to their father's houses, 12 rods. Write each one's name on the rod and write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For there is one rod for the head of each father's house. Somebody said the father is the head of the house. That's what the, fa the father said. Number four. You shall then place them in the tent of appointment before the witness where I will meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose buds. And I shall rid myself of the grumblings of Israel, which they grumble against you. It's so much in that. Yes, let's just deal with that just for one moment. So when... The father placed his anointed vessels 
and he began to allow them to deal with the people, and the people began to grumble against his anointed vessels, who are they grumbling against? The father. All right, verse 6. And Moshe, Moshe spoke to the children of Israel, and all their leaders gave them a rod each, for each leader according to their father's houses, 12 rods. And the rod of Aaron was among their rods. Verse 7, so Moshe placed the rods before Yahweh in the tent of the witness, and it came to be on the next day that Moshe went into the tent of the witness and saw that the rod of Aaron of the house of Lewi had budded, had brought forth buds, had blossomed, had bore ripe almonds, and Moshe brought all the rods from before Yahweh to the to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. I want you to look at verse 10. And Yahweh said to Moshe, bring Aaron's rod back before the witness to be kept as a sign against the what? Rebels. I'm telling y'all, the father, he, he will pull up on you. He's like, you think I'm playing? Watch this. I'm going to take a rod and it's going to witness. <laughs> Who want to follow? I'm like, okay, 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 all right. You, you win, yes, yes. I don't know about y'all, but it don't take me a hundred times to understand what he's saying. He is not playing with this thing. So in verse uh, 10, um, he says, so that you will put an end to their grumblings against me, least I'm a killer. Ooh, he gangster too. Oh my goodness, in an anointed way. So uh, thank you, Father. So yeah, think about that the next time we decide to do whatever we want to do. Like, okay, okay, keep on. Your parents ever told you that? Keep on. <laughs> you know what that means. Okay, so look, go to uh, note number 30. So he chose the one with evidential proof. And what was that? The one who had sprouted, the one who had budded, the one who had blossomed, and the one who had produced almonds. Earlier, I was telling you how Elohim, how he's the master gardener. And so I was, I was looking at it, and I said, man, this, when he was dealing with this almond tree, he, why didn't he say orange? Why didn't he say uh, peach tree. Why didn't he say apple tree? He is so meticulous. Whenever he speaks, believe that he's trying to go somewhere with it and he's meaning exactly what he's saying. So he said that it's sprouted. And so here we see that there are four stages and we, you know, we may or may not, I probably won't be able to finish this today, but there are four stages that we clearly see here the sprouted, the baby stage, he had budded. This is the young stage. And then um, had blossomed, the young adult, and then produced almond. This is the mature stage. Different stages that we're dealing with here. So when we were dealing with the, the sprouted, we see that in stage one, look at note 33. Stage one, this is the believer who receives the seed as the truth, and their spirit is what? The spirit is saved. 
it's that soulish part, the mind, the will, and emotion that must be renewed. And so when we're dealing with this almond, this is one thing that we need to remember, or any type of any type of productivity when it comes to the Father. There is a cycle. But know this, the purpose is, it, it always goes before that seed was even planted. We, there was already a purpose even before anything had even budded, blossomed, bloomed, all of that. Just because you don't know your purpose does not nullify that purpose. Just because that purpose hasn't been revealed to you does not mean that the Father has changed his mind about you. You have to make sure that you get into his precepts, understand what he wants for you, and then you're going to see something begin to bud. That seed goes in and then his precepts will be evident. It's, it's going to be evident. People may not see it right now. You may not even see it, but it does not void the purpose. When the Father designed you, he had purpose and multiplication on his mind. Never to be stagnant. Never to be stagnant. As a matter of fact, when that precept goes in, exactly, it, the word says this, my word will not return to me void, and it shall accomplish that in which it was intended to do. Somebody say purpose. So I need to fasten in my mind. I said, okay, Father, this purpose, and we know uh, one meaning is showbread, and then I'm going to show you in a minute another Hebrew word for purpose. But I need to fasten in my mind, Father, what is your purpose? What's your purpose in my life? Why am I here? Why, am I just to have fun? Am I just to have another vacation? What's my purpose? What is it that you designed me to do? And if I am not in purpose, I'm abusing my purpose. If I'm not in purpose and I don't know my purpose, I may be misusing my purpose. I had the opportunity to speak somewhere yesterday and Dr. Larry uh, mentioned to me that I was ministering. I did a whole, I said, I'll do that later because I'm in purpose. I don't have time for that. That's going to come. I'll tell you about that later. I, look, look, I know why I'm here. I know what I bring to the table. So we have to be careful because sometimes we'll hear people say, I heard somebody say, well, your passion will serve you and your purpose will serve others. I said, okay. I like that, you know, you know, we like little stuff like that. Oh, I can work with that. And then I thought about it. I said, okay, yeah. See, now, that's what the, the natural man says, but this is what the spirit man says. Your passion, it, it will serve you. Your purpose will serve others. But if you are passionate about the wrong things, it will cause you to break focus and you'll get out of your purpose. Somebody say, change the way that I think. I feel like I've been on a long trip and I'm back or something happened. So I have to make sure, I'm talking about me, you talk about yourself. I can talk about me because I'm not going to get mad. So I have to make sure that everything I do is lining up with the purpose 
just like when he was dealing with Aaron, and we're going to get back to that in just a moment. When he was dealing with Aaron, and then when that seed began to bud, when that seed, the first one, the seed sprouted. Look at uh, slide, note number 36. So when the seed sprouted, we mentioned that this believer received the word, speaks the word. How do I know this? How do I know that this is a type of believer here? Because the Hebrew Olivet is clearly showing me, reading from right to left, from right to left, right to left, there it is, pay, resh, and then chet. If you don't know it, get the book, learn it. Don't say it's too hard because we were being set up a long time ago and we didn't know what the father was doing and here we are. When Dr. Larry was teaching the Hebrew, I said, oh, he sounds so good. Go on, Dr. Larry. That's him. But guess what? I have to know it for myself. It's not just for the pastor. It's for you as a believer because this is how the father speaks in his language. So pay means the spoken word of the father. And then resh is talking about the mindset of a person or even a chief ruler or a leader. And then also Chet is saying that something has been surrounded as in uh, ownership, to denote ownership, and it also means that I'm a son. I'm an eternal heir. I'm somebody. Just because of this word, and it says that this is what happened with Aaron's rod. It, number one, it sprouted. And we were talking about how um, this is a, a sign of how that believer receives that word. Look, the, the believer receives the word of Elohim, speaks the word, changes his belief system, and surround himself with the covenant of the word as an heir or a son of the kingdom. This is your right. You should be sprouting. The seed goes in. I receive that concept. I'm pregnant with purpose, and then I'm going to sprout, give birth. Yes. Look at this. So if you are just sprouting, tell your neighbor, don't even look at me when... <laughs> Just, just turn your head because I don't want nobody to think I'm talking about them. If you just sprouting, you should not be pastoring. You just sprouted. As my son said, bruh, you just, you just got saved yesterday. If you're just sprouting, you should not be in leadership. You should not be leading nothing but dominating your flesh. Lead that. Amen. That's, that's how the father talked to me. Okay. So in this time of sprouting, in this stage, I'm learning to hear his voice. Remember when we were going through that series about knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit and distinguishing between your voice, the voice of your spirit, and the voice of the Holy Spirit? He was setting you up. So if you're just sprouting, nothing has what? Been battle tested. The wind hadn't even blown yet. That's a joke because sometimes when the cares of life come, 
and that wind began to blow, we're like, oh, man, goodness, what's going on? Oh, Father, help me. Help me, Father. And then, and then you hear an echo. Help me, Father. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Father, where are you? Father, where are you? <laughs> wow. Number two, dealing with that second level, had budded. Now, actually, this budding was far deeper than what I, I said, oh, my, my, and my. This budding is actually an agricultural term. And so, actually, when you are budding, this is actually a way that the plant, when the plant grows up, because I thought, okay, it sprouted, just came up. Because, you know, we farm, some sprout, and then something little bud. No, when it buds, the plant, it gets about this high. Somebody say, yay high, like that. And then you take a branch, cut the plant. This is called propagation or budding. You cut the plant, put a longer stem in there and bind it together so that it is more resilient, so that it can bear the weight, so that it will continue to develop and grow. When Elohim went in there and made that rod budded, he completely showed out. This thing takes time. He did it like that. They said the next day they went. Now, in the natural, this takes weeks, weeks. So here is, it's actually representing, I, I see two things here that is representing. I said, Father, you, you are somebody. Somebody say, he's somebody. So when we're looking at this budding, and when we saw that that stem was cut, somebody say covenant. Says the yin, his word comes to cut. And so when it cut it open and open it up, guess what's supposed to come in? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and then it it's bound. I want you to see this in the realm of the Spirit. He's teaching us with an almond tree. So, it's, it wraps it up and binds it up so that it's more resilient. So when testing time comes, you won't break. Why? Because greater is he that is in me that is he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of me. We were just talking about that resurrection power. If you ever begin to get a glimpse just see a glimpse of the purpose, the manifestation, the, the things that the Father has in store inside of you and you walking around and all of that is on the inside. He said, Elohim said, one of the reasons why people are not progressing is because they're depending on their natural giftings. He said, Everything that I have is, has been deposited on the inside of you. 
So the question is, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? We've been looking over stuff long enough. He said, you, what's on the inside of you? You've been dependent on natural things, and that's why sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes you're faithful, sometimes we don't see you. Sometimes the Father will bless, and then you're like, oh, he blessed me. And then there's a shortage and there's a lack. He said, depend on me. He said, depend on me. Receive this word. He said, depend on me. Because we've been depending on ourselves. What's the purpose of having the Holy Spirit? We're going to put him on the table and use him when we want. Like, okay, I think I can handle this one. Stop. You want a bud. Remember, something has been deposited on the inside of you, and that thing has been bound and sealed by the Holy Ghost. Y'all better calm down. So, looking at what had happened, said he had budded. So I'm ready to bud. Anybody ready to bud? I'm, 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 I'm ready to let this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, do, do what you want to do. We used to say that a long time ago, all type of religious cliches. Oh, Lord, do what you want to do. Have your way. And then when he started having his way, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wasn't ready yet. <laughs> Have your way. He said, detox. Okay. You want me to detox? Yeah. He said, detox. How can I trust you with souls? And I can't trust you with a piece of bread. That wasn't my quote. Your pastor said that. I fell flat out. I don't see how y'all deal with him. I turned my camera off. And I just fell flat out. Because we can do that when we're at home. You know, on Zoom. I said, how can, how can he trust you with souls? <sighs> okay, get it together. Don't, don't think about that right now. Because I... Ooh, how can the father trust you with souls and he can't trust you with a piece of bread? Piece of bread. So I have to make sure that I am governing and being governed by the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me. And as I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, he'll lead me in all areas. He'll lead me in the areas of how I'm eating. He'll lead me in the areas of how I'm governing my finances. Because if I am faithful with a little, with a few things, then I know that I can be trusted with what? So for those people who are saying, well, I want to be a millionaire, I'm like, okay, for real, a million dollars is not a lot of money. I tell that to my son all the time. I've spent $80,000 in one day. $80,000, I had to pay some bills. A million dollars is not a lot of money. I wish I could have been buying something else, but yeah, I was, I was paying bills. And that particular time, I was sick to my stomach. I was like, oh, that's when I first, uh, years ago, uh, am I putting my business out a little bit? Just a little bit, just a little bit. Years ago when I um, connected with, it was, uh, who we called then? Faith Center at that time. And I had to pay some bills. Paid $80,000, I, I was sick. I said, that's real money. Oh, my goodness. Can we do something else? 
But when much is given, much is required. So if you know how to manage a little bit, you can manage a lot. But if you can't even manage $100, <laughs> if you can't even manage 300, 1,000, 1 million, I'm looking for the opportunity to sow our first million. My husband loves when I talk about stuff like this. He's like, why do you always come up with the big numbers? Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking not for bragging purposes, but so that I can just tell the Father, thank you. Oh, my goodness, I felt some weight with that. Okay, so let's go back. Had budded. So looking at had budded, we have the Hebrew letters Yud, Sadi, Olive, which is Yasaf, and then Parak is Pei, Resh, Shep. Now, I was not surprised when I saw Yud and then Sadi, and then Olive. Why? Because Yud is telling me that his power and his authority is there. One, Sadi, there's a strong desire, a strong pull. See, this is what Aaron's rod was doing. It had all of this in it. He had, Aaron had something. There was something different about his rod now. There was a pulling. There was a strong pull. He had a strong pull for righteousness. His desire was to please the Father. That's one of the reasons why his was chosen. And then you have Olive, which is dealing with the Father or the, the source. So when we were talking about this process, the Father is teaching us so much about this process because he wants us to sprout. He wants us to understand about the budding process, how you have the perfect power on the inside of you right now if you're a believer. If you're a believer, yes. And if you're not, go back to step one where it talks about your uh, shub. So let's look at Yermayahu, which is Jeremiah 1 and 5. He says, before I form you, before I form you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. We know this word. Before a word was on your tongue, before you even had a chance to mess up, before you even had a chance to say, man, I can't even do this. Man, this is too hard. Before any of this, he said, I formed you in the womb and I knew you. This word form, I don't know if you can see it right here. It's Yud, and there's that Sadi. It's Yud, Sadi, and Resh. Before I put the desire, you already been set up. Before my power, my authority, my ability was even wrapped around your mind, even before it was even a thought in your mind, I had you on my mind. I was thinking about you before I shaped you, before I cut you, before I did all of these things to prepare you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. And then he says, 
and I set you apart. I can just say, he said, I set you up. It looks that up. Do you understand what's on the inside of you? Do you understand what's supposed to be dominating you? So if the wrong seed is on the inside of you, then you're going to be dominated by your flesh. Because we're pregnant with something. Remember that? You pregnant? Somebody like, no, yes, you are. You pregnant with something. You're either pregnant with the father's purpose and you're carrying it out, or you're pregnant with the enemy's pur purpose. Or some say the devil. D-B-I-L, the devil. The devil's purpose. How long will we hold between two opinions? Either, either I'm going to serve him or I'm going to serve the devil. There's no vacillating and there is no in-between. So it says, I form you. Look at note 41. I told you that I was going to tell you, and then I'm going to have to wrap it up. Wrap it up, wrap it up. 41. I'm thinking I'm going to have a reader. Okay, I can't drink that right now. Okay, so another word for purpose here is purpose or plan. Um, we're, we're not talking about the purpose as in the showbread. We're not dealing with that purpose. But this is the Hebrew word, yaat. And I was trying to make sure I didn't say nothing. I was like, oh, okay, yaat, there it is. And it's yud, and there's that sati again. At the end, I'm sorry, yud, and then there's a ein, and then there's a final form of a sati. Thank you, Dr. Larry. So that desire has to be on the inside of me. When I have vision, it comes with it. it. It all works together. When I see what the Father wants to do for my life, when I see his purpose, that desire is going to grow. It's going to get larger and larger. Whatever you focus on is going to get larger and larger. So if I'm focusing on his plan for my life, then that's what's going to be, that's what I'm going to be drawn to and that's what I'm going to focus. But if I'm distracted and focus on everything else, then what? Somebody say get focused. Because there are several things pulling at us in life. And if you're not careful, before you know it, 10 years have passed by. And using that almond tree as an example, once again, after year seven, seven, sometimes a little bit sooner, you're supposed to have fruit, much fruit. What does that mean? Not only am I supposed to have fruit, not only am I supposed to demonstrate, demonstrate the proof of the Father on my life, but I'm going to be able to encourage others. And guess what? That fruit has fruit. There is. I just need to get in position. Somebody say get in position. I just need to get in position, make sure that I am not distracted, make sure that I don't allow the enemy to set me up for failure. I just need to make sure that I'm in position. Somebody's saying I'm, all, I'm in position and I'm staying in position. I'm not messing this up. Set my face like a flint. I'm, 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 nah, I'm focused. 
I'm, I, I see you, I see you, but I, I see what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm in purpose right now. From the very beginning, he already knew. Before you were even in your mother's womb, he had already had purpose on your life. So the next time when you lie to yourself, somebody say, stop lying to yourself. The next time you lie to yourself and say, I can't do it, allow your spirit man to dominate and say, you, devil, you a liar. Look right in the mirror. Say, you're lying. You, <laughs> you're lying again. No. <laughs> My grandma used to say that you're a liar and the truth ain't in you. Woo, they used to say some stuff. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise for your word. We thank you for you. You have not changed your mind about us. We thank you that you had us on your mind even before we were even a thought. You had us on your mind and you have set us up to be a blessing, to be blessed by you. And we thank you for that. We don't take it for granted. The Holy Spirit, we ask that you would forgive every time we decided to do it in our own arm, in our own strength. We thank you, hallelujah, for continually renewing our minds, dealing with our hearts, allowing us to be governed by you and not by ourselves, in the authority of Yeshua. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. For those who are watching, thank you so much for watching. Like, share, all of that stuff. Amen. For those who are here, 